pull your socks up and, you know, sit by the edge of the rivers, scared as hell, knowing you're running something new and big or bigger than what you've ran before, like paddled. And I think it does like that kind of term of like, it does take some balls. It does take some courage. Do women have something extra to add to it? I think, I think there's something about women on the water and the working together and kind of the patience and acceptance that uh, really stands out and the emotional awareness awareness of it. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. I've definitely noticed that paddling with the women around me were we're much more on tune as per kind of where we're feeling and how we're feeling with things. But is the future of is the future women on the water for whitewater stuff? Uh, I believe we're gonna we're doing something right now. <laughs> like we're definitely showing we can. And I think because there's a, it's not, we don't just need all brute strength to do this. You also need balance and agility. And I think that the physical side of it for females also kind of stands out with us being able to perform at, at higher levels too, as well. Thursday, July 7th, 2022. Sup everyone, I'm Paul Clark, Sup Paul. Welcome back to the Sup Paul podcast. The future is female. It's a provocative statement. You make what you want out of it. But over the last few years, I've met many wonderful, inspiring, humble, capable women running rivers on paddleboards. Leela Winton, Julie Lang, Shasta McCoy, Caitlin Katzen. There are too many to list in this introduction. In this episode, we're talking with Kimberly Kenyon from British Columbia about her experiences as a river runner, teaching new people, and challenging herself in very humble ways. She's an amazing person. I wish the audio was better. This is a Zoom call, so her voice is a little staticky, a little digitalized. I wish I could celebrate her voice better, but without further ado, Kimberly Kenyon. Kimberly Kenyon, welcome to the Sup Paul podcast. Hello, hello. Hey, Paul. How's it going today? Uh, fantastic. If we could work through the technical difficulties, I'm in Leavenworth, Washington. You're in Prince George, British Columbia, and we're using Zoom to record this, so our connection might be a little uh, delayed. <laughs> if there's space in between, it might give time for people to think. <laughs> <laughs> well, that will just require me to spend a little bit more time in post-production uh, cutting those uh, those technical flaws out. But uh, I I just saw on Instagram your born to board dot ca Instagram account, the Willow River outside of Prince George. That looks like a fantastic river. Before we get into anything, tell me about that river to paddleboard on. So. The Willow River outside of Prince George is just like an amazing little gem of a river. It's got like two portions to it. It has an upper, which is like pretty easy class two with a small like uh, boulder garden throughout it. So it's like a good kind of introductory getting your eddy turns. And then the lower section is uh, just super fun two, two plus three. And it definitely gets to being like a big water pushy at high water. And the boils at high water can be anywhere from a foot to four feet, depending on how high it is. <laughs> and uh, yeah, and it's just as, as the river comes up in the spring and kind of comes down in the summer, it just creates this like dynamic playground that's always changing. It's always challenging you. If you don't do two runs, you probably won't get the same run again. 
because it's just changes all the time, which is really, really just keeps you on your toes. And then it's got a lower, lower section, which is like a class three, three plus four with like pushy, uh, consequential, like pin potential, like Canyon that's further down. Um, I just want to like put it out there right away that this river has killed multiple people. Um, there is an impassable Canyon on it. And I just want to put that out there that it is downstream of the highway bridge. So, and there is a big memorial there for the families and for the, uh, the young class that was lost their lives there canoeing. So, but other than that, this river is in my backyard and it's amazing. <laughs> and according to your social media, uh, the people who are using this river are hard shell kayakers and you on a paddleboard. Are you the only river paddleboarder up there or, or what's, what, what's the scene? In Prince George, there's not anybody at this point in time running uh, the same level that I am. There's a couple guys that are out in Smithers. They're about four hours west of me. And they're they're full on. Like, they're really good athletes, too, as well. And they're running class three, four water as well. And they... On uh, paddleboards. Yeah, on paddleboards. Yeah, they're phenomenal. I've actually... One of them taught me how to paddle. That's kind of the start of my my whole journey. But for, for me, there's lots of people that are getting out on moving water, kind of the class one, two in the area, but not really pushing the upper end of the white water. Except for you, Kimberly Kenyon. <laughs> uh, let's, get, let's go to your, your background. How did you discover river paddleboarding? Are you, do you come from a rafting or a kayaking background? How, how are you on rivers on a paddleboard, dressed, as I say, like a football player with a helmet and pads and... <laughs> all the gear <laughs> my I'm actually a surfer originally I surfed for most of my 20s and kind of chased world world like waves went around the world a little mm-hmm. bit did a little traveling spent a lot of time on the west coast here in DC out at Long Beach kind of Tofino area and I just ended up in Prince George in a relationship that uh, all of a sudden I became a landlocked surfer and <laughs> I started looking around being like, oh my gosh, what am I going to do? And my partner at the time was like, oh, you can surf on the local rivers. And my mind just kind of blew up. I was like, what do, what do I got to do? Like, if I, like, I can surf <laughs> on those? Like, and I really understood that there was like a progression to it because of my progression with surfing. Like surfing just didn't, I don't know, I don't want to say, it didn't come easily to me when I learned how to surf. So I knew that there was going to be a lot of battling trying to understand and learn how to do the sport properly so I think that really helped with like my development and I have to shout out to Andrew Klein for all the patience and all the time he spent (laughs) with me on the river and uh, shout out to the community for all the time and all the support that they gave and have given over the years and still give to today like it's just phenomenal my journey would not be where I'm at without them I appreciate that acknowledgement, that humility of understanding who your mentors and who your influencers are and the, the positive people in your life that encourage you to do uh, good things. So, yeah, I'm glad you had those people who were patient. And so, yeah, it's, it's not an easy learning curve at all. So I'm glad you had that initial community. It's been really eye-opening to the community because I came from a, a career background that involved community and involved working together like you worked independently 
on your own, but you work together in order to complete like the projects and what was presented in front of you. And I think that mm-hmm. was a really big, big piece for, for me was just finding that community to connect to. Cause I don't, I'm telling you when the mountain bikes out there, like power to you, but it's not for me. I don't have, I've just seen too many people in my community break their necks lately. And I just like can't wrap my head around it. So I just, yeah. So, but power to you if you mountain bike, but it's not for me. So I didn't have a summer sport <laughs> and then, and I wanted to be on the water and I absolutely live to be on the water. So whether it be frozen in the winter, or whether it be flowing in the summer, you get after it. Your, your social media, Instagram in particular shows that, that you do have a true genuine love for being on the water. I'm not like, I have a social media presence, but I know that there's individuals out there that have like similar passion or are talented athletes and or who are community members who are paddling all the time and who are like progressing and who are pushing like all these different sports and they don't have a social media platform so i just it's like yeah i show it but like don't forget like there's those others out there too because and they're they're the amazing like people that are that are supporting us that are doing what we're doing to you as well. Great point. And we'll talk about that. I think here in a little bit, uh, the idea of documenting yourself or documenting your friends, uh, doing a sport. I work in the industry. I get paid to document people paddling and people who are, in, uh, <laughs> people who are ambassadors or, or, or team paddlers have obligations that are beyond the water and beyond the stoke. They have to put a GoPro on their head or on their board or whatever it is to get the content to support the brand messaging. So I absolutely am thrilled when I meet people who are stoked about the sport, who are paddling, who are whatever it is, skiing, mountain biking, whatever, without the silly GoPro on their helmet, (laughs) without the social media. (laughs) And I find in rural communities in Canada, I I had my first paddling trip in Canada last summer. I find the the communities in Montana and mountain states, there, there is a number of people who uh, are in the shadow of Facebook or Instagram who are getting after it without having to 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 post the 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 experience. So yeah, I'm I'm glad you're finding those people too. Yeah, it's it's definitely I think it's a part of um, it's a part of like too like people look at the social media scene and they look at the you know like what's being presented. Like when I think about like whitewater kayaking, I see people hucking waterfalls. I see people running, you know, like they look like an ant in the middle of the river, like type style of paddling. And I just feel like sometimes this is also a bit of a misrepresentation as to like where people are and like where people actually begin at and like how people can start beginning and how people can find the, the serenity and find the actual peacefulness and find the moments of joy and those aha and that development, because it's not, it's not in that presentation of like, the top line, uh, uh, what the top line athletes are doing, it's good to aspire to and to like know that that's out there. But I think the development in, in between means so much more than what's viewed. And I think that's why not everything on my social media is always like, rad, I'm sending it like super big water. And it's just, it's because there's that in between that's more important that takes, that actually consumes more of the time. 
And one of the reasons why I wanted to, to reach out to you and have this conversation is because obviously I know you through social media, but you talk more about, you talk more than paddling. You talk about your emotions. You talk about your feelings. You, you bring friends into it. You seem like a human. And I'd much rather talk to you a human than, <laughs> than a, a social media star or, or the rad athlete. I mean, all those people are great too, but uh, I've been wanting to talk to you a, a while because you are a human. And no matter what it's 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 the human experience that i'm looking forward and of course i'm working on a project right now that's really highlighting uh capable strong independent women the, the i think in many ways for paddleboarding for river paddleboarding the future is female so the the more opportunities i have to to meet and talk with females who are doing it whatever it is independently with the confidence i'm always excited about and and highlighting that a little bit about more of your bio. So we're, we're, we now have you surfing in rivers. When was that? It actually took me like a couple, a couple seasons to really get my feet under me to start really surfing. And like our surf window in Prince George, it's actually, that's where I'm going this afternoon mm. is I'm actually, I'm actually going out to the river to go surfing. Um, Let's wrap this up. I've got to go. <laughs> it's, uh, it's, yeah, it's, the river surfing came into it, but I like, I think as yourself, like I fell in love with the river running and I fell in love with the river because not only when you actually put the time in for the skills and you actually develop and you slow down a little bit rather than just charging down the river, all of a sudden you can find, you can play in the current and that play in the current is, uh, is, is as engaging and as fun as actually like carving and turning and like charging down a wave. And I find that playing with that current is playing with the natural forces of the earth. And that's why I fell in love with surfing was you're not, you've actually found something that you can freely play with the power of it. And it can be humbling, which is another huge thing that I look for in my life is to find situations that allow me to play in nature, but still take like, we can leave me humble and mm. allow me to be feel really appreciative so the river surfing part like i'm gonna go out and sup surf today but like it's kind of it's interesting how if it was like a, a focus initially and then it, all of a sudden it became a part of it and it's a part of a whole picture that i never fully understood until i really like got my feet wet and realized that how much fun <laughs> how, how ridiculous but like how it's so much fun like just car carving in and out of eddies and just like linking skills together and like being able to navigate a river is just phenomenal and then catching a wave for a surf is just the ultimate freedom how long have you been on rivers now when was this that you were learning how to surf and then discovering the river paddleboarding it's been it's been quite a while um and that goes for the like the under the radar uh paddling wise like uh -huh. there wasn't it's like myself and um like my ex he thinks thank you to him again uh we would just go out and paddle and we paddle with the kayakers and we'd go out and stuff and they'd paddle and we'd like be supported as a community all working together um and it didn't matter like who was on what or who was paddling what it just was really inclusive so oh, it's, yeah so it was about about a decade of paddling so we probably spent there wasn't really a lot of like highlights or a lot of like media initially when I first started. So, 
And when I first started in around 2013, uh, it sounds like you have a, a longer history than I do on a paddleboard. I, I, I sought out the videos, the YouTube videos and, and, and whatnot. And there were people running big waterfalls and teaching you how to surf waves. And none of that was what I was interested in. Uh, and so I just had to go and discover what was possible on my own and made a lot of mistakes. Uh, you being like one of a couple of people up there, like I get, a, I think it was the same thing. Like, okay, can we do this? I guess let's figure it out. Yeah. And I think that was, that's kind of like the beauty of my journey like there's some people like I understand the benefit of formal instruction and I understand how that can help you develop and understand but I think part of the journey that I really enjoyed was figuring it out and like my mentor he he came from uh he actually was quite quite a like a very good whitewater kayaker and then he started stopping and so he was applying his kind of kayaking like theories and ideas to stand up paddle boarding and then he was transferring that and in teaching me like the same thing. So I like, yeah, I never, I've never, I own a kayak. I can't roll it. Well, I overroll. <laughs> and like, I, I, and I, and I never had even whitewater rafted before I started on this. It all was driven from being in the ocean and being in big swell and just surfing and being out there exposed to that, the power of the water that really mm -hmm. got me kind of around this. <laughs> Well, honestly, one of the things that I love about river paddleboarding is that you have this big flotation device that when you're swimming, you're connected to if you have a reliable quick-release leash. Um, and, you know, that, that roll part of it is, is a big learning curve. So you have a person has better access to the river more instantaneously if you're on a big flotation device like a river paddleboard. Yeah, it, it's definitely like I think the word that comes to mind is freedom. Like it, it sets, it sets a new level of freedom for people and it sets a new level of uh, like self-confidence and mm -hmm. self-reliance that you can get back on that thing mm -hmm. unless it's pinned against a rock face, then that's not a good idea. <laughs> 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 but like, yeah, like the, like the self-reliance, self-rescue, uh, like the big floaty, it, it does give people a little bit of that sense of uh, safety that might, might be can be misleading at times that people need to be really aware of, but it's definitely, uh, yeah, it, it's, it's just opened up a whole new world and it, and it's just phenomenal. Like, and it's so inspiring to me, like as, as an athlete where I'm at to actually watch people get on the river and to watch, to see the people come out and watch that spark and see the passion and just, it's like, man, like this is, this is, this is it. This is awesome. <laughs> and now you you started in like uh, uh, you know one of the first generations of river paddleboarding, and now we're in this place where there is technique, there is form, there are destinations. You don't have to go exp uh, You don't have to go ask, "Can I do this?" and figure things out. You're now in a position of teaching other people, being the mentor for others, and 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 building a new generation of paddlers. How's that transition been for you? It's actually um, this. It's right where I like uh it's where i want to be because like i want to be able to work with others i want to be able to paddle with other people um i want to just get on the water whether it's formal instruction whether it's community paddles because this this is like i was given this opportunity and my community supported me and helped me to find like 
I, I'm, I just get, like, I become speechless when it comes to, like, how much I love being out there and how much joy I get out of being on the river and how, and how it's constantly challenging me and constantly changing. And, like, but, like, being in a position of teaching and being able to give that back to people and being able to be there to be, just be the support. Like, I, I want to like individuals to find kind of their own journey and their own development and to develop at their own pace. And I just, I love, I love it. Like if if I can give that back, which was given to me, to the people Mm. around me in some way, like that's, that's the biggest thing I want to be able to do. So now being able to instruct and to be able to, it's crazy where I think where I'm at right now. I'm just because I just feel like the the little girl in high school that really was didn't feel that important in elementary uh, school that wasn't a big deal. And now all of a sudden it's like, you know, it's like I'm doing something that's helping others and it's really humbling. Really that's it's it's such an honor. Like an unbelievable honor. Like it's I can't I'm still in disbelief. <laughs> well, I'm going to be heading up to Canada in a couple of weeks, and it sounds like, hopefully, hopefully, we'll be able to get to, to paddle with each other uh, in the, the Canadian Rockies uh, for at least CanFest. There's a, a whitewater festival outside of uh, Calgary uh, that I went to last year, and oh, 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 I'm looking forward to paddling with you. I'm stoked. I don't care about the competitions. Uh, I could care less about the competitions, but uh, I uh, the, the nice thing about festivals festivals that is a way for people to get to, together and uh, rub rails a little bit and challenge each other all in, in, a, in a supportive way. I love that. What are a couple of things that you have in your quiver that sets people up for success for getting on the river on a paddleboard? I think a big thing is understanding that everybody comes at this from a different journey, I think is something like in, in my own quiver. Mm-hmm. Um, of like skills and kind of knowledge like and my skill set has been through self-taught and self-learned so I think that's kind of a little bit different like mm-hmm. but I do but now I also have uh, my river certifications for instruction too as well so I've seen the formal side of it so mm-hmm. I think that's kind of another kind of gives me like a dual dual background for uh, getting out on the water thank you dad and you're very missed, but part of my inheritance has gone to actually my teaching fleet. Um, so I, all of my, all the gear that I bought came from my inheritance from my dad um, to, in order to try and help facilitate and get people on the water. I think that's another thing that like really having that as an instructor, not just relying on other bases, I think is another really powerful thing for, for me to be able to do. But you had inheritance that you invested in a fleet of boards so that you could teach people. Talk about giving back. Oh my goodness, you. Yeah, it's, um, <laughs> I just, I, I, I want to, this experience that I've had, and even if it's just, if you just get out on moving water and you're going for a 5 a.m. morning paddle down the river and you're doing it safely and you've had the interactions that help you get what you need and that's, that's your journey, then I want to help be able to, for you to find that like that's a big thing for me and like and if it means me having a quiver of 20 paddle boards and <laughs> like an unbelievable amount of gear and four extra dry suits and everything else like it's if I can help you people on the water like that's what I want and I'm not I'm not here to push or judge I want I want people to be able to find find their space there 
not to push and judge. You sound like a, a phenomenal instructor. I'm, I'm, I want, I want to take a lesson. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's just, it's, you can see it in people. It's pretty fun to like get out there on the water and watch. All of a sudden you see, you see the spark and you see them kind of like things start to kind of come together and it's like, okay, well, what's, so obviously that's working for you. And it's like, and then you can look at others and you're like, okay, that's not really working. Let's work with that a little bit. And it's just it's slow. And I never like, I think a big thing for me is like, if you're taking formal instruction and you sign up for formal instruction with me, then it's like, it's like, okay, well, if I see, it's like, I'm going to give you feedback, but I love the community paddles where it's like, you know, if you want feedback, then just ask me, like, I'm not going to, I'm not going to invade your space. I'm going to just try and step, step back and be like, you're paddling for you right now. Cause this is a community paddle. And if you want feedback or if you want me to watch you, then like, sure, like free, full on, like, why not? So, and it's, it's, I think that's a really big thing is just not, is finding that balance between the two. Wait, hold on. So you're not one of those people who yell at someone across the river saying your paddle's backwards? <laughs> you're not one of those people who go up to someone unsolicited and say, well, this is how you're supposed to be doing it. <laughs> I definitely try to be as respectful for people's space as possible. If I feel like something's really unsafe, I'll do my best to approach and be like, hey, um, I would like I've been doing this for a while um I just noticed this and I'd just like to help you have a better safe experience so do you mind if I just like provide you some information and I think it's coming across with that kindness and that kind of like almost like that bit of making yourself vulnerable first being like hey you know like I'm just I'm just trying to help and being really kind about it I think it's like really really important because I think yelling at people and trying to tell them how it is is not no thank you <laughs> that's not behavior i want to be associated with um i actually one story here's a really good story so at some point i was down on the can where you paddled before and i came through uh, a river wave and as commercial like as kind of river like logic or kind of rules or whatever downstream traffic like usually has the right away across like a wave and there's a couple guys surfing there and like you know i was kind of in a tight spot so i like I ended up getting a little bit close to them and I just kind of mentioned to them. I said, Hey, like guys, just, just a heads up, like, like downstream traffic has the right away. And I, I was trying to be really nice about it and not be too like up in their face. And then I actually found out this spring that one of those surfers has been paddling since he was like 13. Mm -hmm. And it just really set me in this like point where he's now in his forties and he's a river surfer. And he's kayaked and he's supping and he's competed in slalom and C1 and all kinds. It just really set me in this tone of like, we don't know who we're dealing with on the river. And, you know, telling people how it is, I don't think is, I don't think is <laughs> the right approach. And like, I really, that's one moment that sticks out in my mind where I'm like, you know what? Like, there's a different way of doing this. And that is not the way to do it. It is a, 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 a classroom, a canvas of self-expression, the, the river is, I think. And since I've been a, a paddler, I've been really focused on more of those humble moments, much more of the who's on here and, and learn the, the experiences and going with the flow. I think I've become a better person because of the river. Uh, and I'm seeking out experiences now that are more 
kind and compassionate and loving and giving as opposed to dictatorial, which I used to be. Like, I was definitely that guy that would say, oh, this is how it must be done because I've been doing it. I've, I've, I've fortunately left that. And it sounds like you've really even never been in that position. Uh, so I definitely appreciate that, that voice of humility. This is a this is a question. This is a generic question that you could only speak for yourself. I know that, but I, I did mention that I'm working on a project called "The Future Is Female." Do can a woman give something different and unique and valuable to a river sport like paddleboarding that guys in general may or may not be able to give? And I'm talking like ego versus humility, maybe. I think it really all depends on like the person and the personality. I think when you do get like, when you look at social dynamics, you do get a bunch of guys together, like they're going to push each other in multiple ways as for performance, as for who can do better as to here sometimes here, hold my beer, watch this kind of thing. <laughs> and I feel like women are just, they have that, that edge of a little bit more caution to them. We don't get as, um, as outright, like, uh, I don't want to say it's outright. Like, I also think there's a there's a place for males too as well. They're in the river because it does take. I don't want to sound generic. I like it. <laughs> it, it does take sometimes. It does take some balls to really like, you know, pull your socks up and you know sit by the edge of the rivers, scared as hell, knowing you're running something new and big, or bigger than what you've ran before, like paddled and. Like, I think it does, like, that kind of term of, like, it does take some balls, it does take some courage. Do women have something extra to add to it? I think, I think there's something about women on the water and the working together and kind of the patience and acceptance that uh, really stands out and the emotional awareness of it. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. I've definitely noticed that paddling with the women around me, uh, we're we're much more on tune as per kind of where we're feeling and how we're feeling with things. Um, but is the future of, is the future women on the water for whitewater stuff? Uh, I believe we're going to, we're doing something right now. <laughs> like we're definitely showing we can. And I think because there's a, there's an aspect within it's not, we don't just need all brute strength to do this. You also need balance and agility. And I think that the physical side of it for females also kind of stands out with us being able to perform at, at higher levels too, as well. Um, but I do, I do, I, I know I wouldn't be where I'm at without, without the, the opposite sex on the river. Like I know if it wasn't for, having male support too as well that I wouldn't be where I'm at so is is the future female I think it is but I think we have to not charge forward without forgetting that uh we have our support and we have our males and it's actually to me it's inspiring to always paddle with the guys like the sub guys because they're that much stronger than I am and they definitely they push me to push harder so Mm -hmm. I don't know. It's kind of a bit of a runaround because it's for that question for me, because I believe that we do have something to offer and I believe it's, it's amazing to watch, to watch us women perform. And I don't know if it's the agility and the balance or the flexibility that really like kind of when we paddle, we paddle a little bit differently. Um, But it's, 
yeah, it's okay. I just can't forget about the guys because they've always <laughs> been there for me too. <laughs> and it, it's a, it's a provocative, it's intended to be a provocative statement. It's intended not to have an answer to it. It's, it's intended simply to, to, to ask the question of what that means. And for me, it means a variety of things uh, from a marketing perspective, from a business perspective for you, as a, as a female instructor, it means that a lot of your clients, I'm sure, are females. I find, in general, women are more inclined to take formal lessons, to be instructed, and, you know, you have, you have a curriculum to offer, so there's that element. You know, women have been used as a marketing tool for this sport. If you see yourself on the water, you're more likely going to do it. If, if a woman sees other women on the water in control of their own craft uh, without the, the gnar factor of whitewater kayaking, oh, I have to wear a Red Bull helmet and drop this class five plus waterfall. No, I could be on the water and it could be rapids and I could be nervous and it could be dangerous and I could be managing that risk. And yeah, I'm a female and my crew are, are men and women too. I think that is a big thing. I think the whole that stand-up paddleboarding has been sold with the bikini or the dog and it, and I think that's definitely like a lot of women see that image and they can see themselves on on the water and there's actually there's an amazing woman I follow um she's called plus size paddler on Instagram and she's definitely not the regular body type that you would see on a paddleboard and I f- follow her because it's absolutely inspiring to me that Mm. you know it's it's like this is accessible to all and and i think it just takes and then honestly those are the people who i absolutely love to get on the water with because those moments of i did it i'm doing it are like it just it lifts so much of their you can just see it in their energy and in their face and in their spirit that they're just like they're just yeah it's just uplifted and it's i think yeah we have been marketed females. <laughs> what did I say? <laughs> In the little bit of time we have left, I'd love to hear your perspective of the the river scene in Canada. Why should people go to Canada and where should they go to paddle in rivers in Canada? Oh man, like sup? Why? Sure. Sure. Oh, so I'm I'm out west. So if anybody listening for wherever you're listening from, so I've paddled um, not a ton of different water, but I've paddled a decent amount of water out west here. Uh, I haven't done any paddling in the Kootenays yet. That's one place I haven't been. So hopefully one day there, because some people have heard of that location. Uh, why should people come to Canada? We have some of the cleanest, like world, like there's world class paddling here, and we have absolutely beautiful scenery. We have the Rocky Mountains. We also have like the Northern Rockies that you can paddle around in. Um, there's Mount Robson Provincial Park, which is like known as it's a national uh, national. I think it's ecosystem. Oh, it's recognized mm. as a national eco like ecosystem park, mm. and it's just great. Like it's just such a beautiful location. You're paddling like at the base of one of the biggest like highest mountains in the Rockies in the West. And it's just absolutely gorgeous. Where is and this? <laughs> this is uh, three hours East of me, Mount Robson mm. provincial park. 
there's a sweet run out there. It's the raft run. And there's like, there's the upper Fraser. That's like this class three plus four that you kayak. Hell yeah. I rafted it this spring and oh my gosh, that is an amazing river. It's just unbelievably beautiful. Um, why, why come paddle in Canada? Because it's different. We're a little bit colder. Our season's a little bit shorter. And some of our rivers too, like, we're a little bit unpredictable because depending on our snowpack and depending on our springs and summers as to like where our level water levels are going to be at. Um, but it's a whole different experience. Like you're in the clean, raw waters of the Canadian mountains and it's phenomenal. Like paddling out in Smithers, which is four hours west of me, there's the Babine, which is a really well-known like rafting trip, uh, for kayaking. I've stuffed portions of it. Uh, there's the Skeena rivers out there. There's tidal rapids in Prince Rupert, which is out east, out west of me. Then like, it's just paddling in Canada and paddling, like coming up here to paddle is, is absolutely amazing. Um, I actually don't go paddle other places right now because I still can't get enough of my own water up here. <laughs> Perfect. Perfect. <laughs> I know, I know I've had lots of people ask me like, Oh, are you coming down to the States? Come down and paddle with us. Come down for this come down for that. I'm like, yeah, but <clears throat> just like my backyard, like an hour that way. Like, you should see what I've got. <laughs> so yeah, I think paddling in Canada is an absolutely amazing experience. And the Clearwater, the Clearwater River. There's a festival there that uh, you've attended and are planning on going to. Uh, what about the Clearwater? Clearwater is a beast of its own. So they... Uh, it was in super high water this spring and I saw some video of the kayaking and uh, all I thought in my mind was never in my life on a paddleboard at that level um, and never in a raft at that level. It was just unbelievable. And it just, it comes down and it is this clean crystal clear river with multiple surf waves, um, big class three. It's, it's just huge and rolly and it's just a phenomenal river. Like it's so beautiful. Um, I've paddled like a couple portions of it at a little bit higher water than the festival is going to be at, but it's, it's, uh, I, I highly recommend it. Like if you're a good intermediate, like stand up paddle border, it's worth it. And if you're an intermediate kayaker to advanced, it's got everything from big class four, five waterfalls, surf waves, like you, you name it, that river's got it. And it's it's uh it's kind of in the middle of nowhere. It's at a small town called Clearwater. But uh the festival's been running for a lot of years and it's run in actually memory of the guy who started it. Mm. And so Matt who runs it, he runs it and organizes it in memory of uh his lost friend. And they've actually named a few few of the events mm. after a few boulders that have been lost over the years. And they're just they're just kind of bringing stuff into it. And I think it's I think it's really awesome that they're bringing stand-up paddleboarding into it because it's it's a next level of paddling. It's it's definitely for that intermediate level. And there's some beginner, like, in-town kind of fun and some easier stuff you can get access to. Uh, but I think it's definitely going to make the athletes step up a little bit and step mm. into their shoes, especially if they run from what they call the kettle down. It's pretty full on. Are you running the kettle down? It depends on the level. That's sure. really going to depend on level. So, um, and like who my lead's going to be. Cause I, I haven't run that portion yet. So I have a girlfriend sure. that actually ran it last year. And I think, yeah, she's, uh, she's, she's pretty good herself. And so she ran it at a lower level than I've run the river. But. 
And I bet there's a, a website. Yeah. So it's if you Google Clearwater Kayaking Festival, you should be able to find it through there. And they're on Facebook, too, as well. I'll put a link to that. And and the, the dates are in uh, late July, early August. It's kind of it's not the August long weekend that's a holiday up here, uh, but it's the weekend afterwards. I think it's like this okay. five, six, seven, eight. Somewhere right around there, six, seven, eight rings a bell for me. I don't okay. Know. I usually just I usually just know it's it's somewhere around that weekend, and I need to make sure that I'm going to be there. <laughs> <laughs> We're uh, at uh, about 42 minutes, so I don't want to take it too much more of your time because you're, the river is calling you. And with technical delays, we're already a little bit uh, delayed. But what is the, the future of SUP for you? What uh, Do you see that it's expanding? Are you planning on doing multi-day trips? What is the future for you on a paddleboard? I think the future for me on a paddleboard is continuing to... Uh, well, I just I love running whitewater, so I'll always continue to try and paddle as much white water as I can but I think mm -hmm. the, the I think the future actually kind of is more community driven like uh, I think creating events where people can actually get together and to paddle together so and having them consistent each year I think I think the future for me is looking at like having a race here in my my hometown mm -hmm. that can run every year that's just like a downriver kind of friendly race that people can get out on the water and just be a part of an event um and and not even a competitive event like i'm <laughs> so every, i am far from being a competitive person <laughs> i'm like the furthest corner of the world i don't competition is not not my thing if you're gonna go out and paddle paddle for yourself and see what you can do um but yeah, I think the future for me is just continuing to try and support the community, support uh, like the central northern uh, British Columbia area. And also to like, I do come down to Calgary a fair bit and support the community there. I think it's just being there to support mm -hmm. and paddle with other people and to aspire and to try and give people multiple ways and opportunities and information uh, in order to help the sport grow. Mm -hmm. And, and grow safely. Like uh, I've been working with Aquabatics, AQ Outdoors in Calgary mm -hmm. and writing up like blogs, like I'm writing a whole set of blogs for uh, like flat water skills with video and photo. And then I'm going to be working into uh, like also video and photo for, for river skills because I am, I am that person that didn't take the formal instruction. And I feel like there are going to be people out there that will do some research and not take the formal instruction and I think providing the clear, concise, uh, safe, like kind of skills and outlines and stuff like that will also help the community. So what is the future for me? The future is supporting the community and paddling my face off as much as I possibly can. <laughs> <laughs> the audio was a little broken on that, but I heard... Uh, the future for you is supporting the community and paddling your face off as much as you can. <laughs> yeah, that pretty much sums it up. I like just I just want to support support the community, support the whitewater community, support those that want to paddle and do it as much as I possibly can and paddle my face off to the point where I just want to sit in a lawn chair in the sunshine. <laughs> <laughs> you know you could attach a lawn chair to your paddleboard. <laughs> 
I wouldn't, I wouldn't run the clear water on it, but uh, maybe a, a favorite lake of yours. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's definitely, yeah. But uh, yeah, I think the, I think the future exists in being accept, like just being accepting and working on the diversity of the sport because mm. there's there's so many different avenues. Like, yes, I paddle whitewater. That's my passion, but that doesn't mean that's everybody else's passion. So how do I support those other passions is the future. How do we continue to grow the sport and how do we continue to, to like assist people in getting out there safely and finding their own way on the water? That's amazing. You're an amazing person, Kimberly. And as I'm wrapping up, I want to point out uh, the spelling of your name. Uh, it, you rarely see Kimberly spelled the way that you spelled it. There's a there's a town in British Columbia called Kimberly spelled uh, the way that you spell it. Are, do you know a number of Kimberleys with your spelling? I meet them every now and again where there's one that's like, where I'm like, oh, my name's Kimberly. And I like introduce myself. And they're like, L-E-Y? And I'm like, yeah, L-E-Y. They're like, oh, me too. <laughs> it's like, it's always like this thing where it's like, yeah, it's it's definitely a little bit different of a spelling. Um, I've never been able to find like you know those little like mugs you can get with your name on it. Sure. There's or like the like shirts or the little keychains. Like there's never one with my name spelled right on it. So it's always L Y, but it's L E Y for me. So <laughs> L E Y. Uh, well, Kimberly, thank you so much for the time. I'm looking forward to sharing your voice with my audience. And most importantly, I'm looking forward to paddling with you for my own selfish reasons. You're amazing. Well, yeah, just like keep me in the loop because if if you're in and around before CanFest too as well, like I'm always willing to make some silly, silly, stupid journeys to paddle with people. So <laughs> your silly, super journeys in Canada, though, like they're long road trips with expensive gas. <laughs> <laughs> uh yeah it definitely costs a little bit of money but um in the like i i do have a 40 hour week job this is not my full-time gig um so i'm glad my job can support this as my mm. like side side hustle side side fun i don't know but it's um i just think those experiences like going going for it is kind of what you ha have to up here sometimes and yeah I'd be willing to search you out if you just let me know where you're at and I'll see what time I've got. <laughs> and how can people search you out? Uh, uh, BornToBoard.ca uh, is your account at Instagram. What else do you have? Uh, I'm on Facebook by my full name for Kimberly Kenyon. Uh, so that's Kimberly with an L-E-Y and Kenyon is spelled K-E-N-Y-O-N, kind of like Kenya, mm -hmm. but Kenyon. I opened a TikTok. There's nothing on it, and I've got a, <laughs> I've got a born sport YouTube channel. It's got a couple videos up, but um, it's just, I mean, it's not my full time gig, so I don't have sure. all avenues covered. And I have a website, borntoboard.ca, uh, and it's .ca because I'm Canadian. So, mm -hmm. uh, but yeah, it's kind of how. You Wait, hold on. I thought you were. In, I thought you were in California. What am I talking about? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sorry, that's the Canada. Ah, 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 oh, that makes sense. <laughs> oh, man, I just, if I could do this full time and make make it so I could be that be everywhere with everyone and just have fun this and share, like, I would. <laughs> uh, 
Yes, yes, I, I, I hear that. Uh, but at the same time, that you're able to have this as your side hustle. I think there's probably, probably a little bit more passion in it uh, because you look forward to it during the 40-hour work week. <laughs> Maybe. A lot of the people who are in the industry full time, they're they're just they're just dancing with burnout. Yeah, and I mean it, it does get busy, like life with a forty hour work week job, and and like trying to do this full time all the time, like it's uh, it definitely does get does get taxing. But I, I guess I don't feel the demand as much if I need to take a step back. And honestly, those that are supporting me, uh, I say supporting as in sponsoring, like working together with. Mm-hmm. They have been um, like like AQ Outdoors and Kokatat and Bad mm-hmm. Fish Stops mm-hmm. and like just the clubs that I'm a part of. All these all these supports have been they've been really real with me, and it's been really nice to you know like you aim for the expectations and maybe you stumble a bit trying to get there, and they're accepting of those stumbles because when you do get to that point, they know that life's a journey. And I think that's been something really that uh, the support that I've had has been, they've been really real people and really real support. So I usually like to end with a, a quote of yours, uh, uh, of, of the person that I'm talking to, to encourage people to get out there and, and try new things and manage their risks. Uh, I think just your emphasis on humility and community, that's, that's enough. But uh, what, what, else might you end this episode on Kimberly the biggest thing that always comes to my mind is live life on the water and your dreams won't your dreams won't work unless you do unless you do the work and unless you put the work in for it right now like you won't get out there and live your life to be on the water if that's what you want make the decisions for that sometimes priority shifts are different I don't always have like the biggest social life I want to say I'm not maybe the one that's up the latest at the parties or I've made, I'm making the choices to be on the water and live my life on the water. Thank you so much for being on the show. I look forward to introducing you to the, uh, my audience who may uh, not know you before this. So thank you so much. <laughs> That's easy peasy. Awesome. I think, I think the audio works for the most part. <laughs> Woo. Thank you. River. Yeah, there, was, there was one delay kind of near the end. I was like, Oh, what's he saying? I can't quite hear him. And then it came through. I'm like, that might be a little bit of a delay in my response.